If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. This is Hallie Kiefer. And I'm Allison Lighty. Welcome back to Ruin, a podcast where we just, ooh, we tell you all the little details of a horror movie. Oh, just really getting there, all the spoilers, you and know, all that stuff. It's so good because it's like, uh, if you don't like horror movies like me, you never have to watch it, but you get to know what you're talking about when people are bringing it up in conversation. And if you love horror movies like me, you just, like, want to revisit them. I'm the kind of person who I watch a movie a bunch of times or reread a book and I really enjoy re-watching horror movies. I feel like I get something new out of all of, every time I see it or every time I revisit sort of the plot of things. Interesting. I'm a rewatcher too, but like I would imagine that things with like a surprise twist like horror would be less uh, appealing to rewatch. Well, but- part of the premise of this whole podcast we started is that I don't, it's not that I don't believe in spoilers, but I think yes. good films, most films, are enjoyable. even bad ones, are... It, it's not relying on the twist. And uh, now that we want it, again, this is a podcast about spoiling things, so if you don't want things spoiled, don't listen. If you don't want to hear the ending of this movie um, and every detail leading up to that, right? turn this saying, off now and go listen to something else. Listen, you don't watch Titanic because you don't know the boat goes down. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a very valid argument. Thank you. Um, so this week we are doing... Uh, Ready or Not, which is from 2019. It's directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett. It is a horror comedy, which Allison doesn't usually care for, but it has plenty of gore and violence, which I think more than makes up for it, in Great. terms of being something that you could not watch. I could tell that there's, like, some comedy elements in the trailer. Also, I saw this movie advertise like, I saw the ad for this movie uh, every single day because they played it constantly. Yeah. And I do have a problem with, uh, I think it should be illegal to show trailers and ads for horror movies after sundown. Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> I don't, if I'm like watching TV late at night and I'm just like home alone in my apartment and like this one's not like, the trailer is, it's not like the spooky nightmare inducing right, one, yeah. but it's still like a scary, like this is more like people murdering, not like, oh, there's like a monster or a paranormal force or Absolutely. whatever. But like, I don't want to see it. Um, so do, based on this trailer, what is your, based on the film's trailer, the advertisements, yes. what's your, what are your first thoughts? Uh, why isn't that Margot Robbie? <laughs> she, uh, so the main character, uh, is a character, the character is Grace, and it's played by Samara Weaving, who, who is Hugo Weaving, who I always associate with The Matrix. Oh, okay, yes. It's his niece. Oh. And as soon as you know that, they do look very similar. Yes. She looks like Margot Robbie with bigger eyes, so I understand when you see this, you might be like, but the, the How is that Margot not her face? Um, so just to get a baseline scary read sure. on your take on Ready or Not, how do you feel about having in-laws? Uh, bad. <laughs> right. Neither of us were married, so I mean, it's all sort of like, it's I all don't know, mother-in-laws? Conjecture, but like based on like everything that pop culture has taught exactly. us about like, in-laws and and how terrible they are. Um, 
Yeah. You know, they sound not great. And like many things in life, especially if you're a woman, I think. Well, I mean, I don't want to speak to that. I'm sure men, there's plenty of stuff. People are like, well, having a mother-in-law or having in-laws is horrible, so you just kind of have to, but that's just how it is. You just have to suck it up because they're your family now. And like, that's what you get. Exactly. When you enter into that uh, contract. And that is sort of, um, sort of the beginning of the movie is that that is sort of what Grace thinks is like, well, you know, maybe this family, there's a lot of fraught feelings. Maybe they're all kind of assholes, but... You know, if you love somebody, you're taking on their in-laws, and, like, that's that's on you. You just right. have to right. accept You're marrying it. a family as well as a person. Allison, what predictions? What do you think will happen in this movie based on your viewing of the trailer? I mean, I know from the trailer that there is a game and a ritual mm-hmm. and a sacrifice involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she's she seems kind of alone, like, her against the family. Mm-hmm. My hope is her husband is on her side, but right. I, I can't make any assumptions, you know? Exactly. Because uh, everything is terrible all the time in these movies. <clears throat> well, let us begin. Here we go. We open on two little boys hiding in yeah. a beautiful mansion, a gorgeous familial mansion, as adults in terrifying masks chase a groom through the mansion. And there's a bride who is screaming. A uh, dark-haired bride. So we know it's not the, um, the story we're about exactly. to follow. Yeah. This has happened sometime in the past. And the little boys are Daniel and Alex. And Daniel's the older brother, and he puts Alex into a cabinet to sort of shield him from what's going on. Yes. But then when he sees the groom, the groom's like, don't tell anyone, please, I'm trying to escape. Daniel calls for the family, and the family shoots the the groom with a bow and arrow. The groom. The okay. groom. So the groom, we, his name is Char- Charles. He has been shot. We then cut to 30 years later. Okay. We now see a new bride and groom. It's Samara Weaving is Grace, and she's marrying Alex, who is one of the little boys. Okay. He was the one who was shielded from— Exactly. The younger one. And his older brother, Daniel, who is played by— You're just Adam Brody. Adam Brody. I was like, you're just raving about his acting skills. Who I love. Um, Adam Brody is sort of like the older, more cynical, fuck-up brother— so, but we yeah. realize, oh, this is the same set of brothers, but 30 years later. Right. So we already know that they at least know the possibility yes. of what's about to happen. Yes. And Alex, you know, and everything's gorgeous. It's like, okay, they're part of, the family is the um, Ladomas family. Mm-hmm. And they own like a board game and amusement. They refer to it as a Dominion. But they, they're essentially like whoever invented Monopoly. Yeah. They're the Parker Brothers. Okay, sure. The Parker Brothers. Wait, isn't that the Parker Brothers? Or Milton Bradley? Mr. Hasbro, yes. Milton Bradley. They're the Bradleys. <laughs> you know, they are incredibly wealthy. Back to like their great-grandfather started like a playing card company. Sure. They own um, professional sports. Anything game-related. Yeah, they're a, they, they're yeah. a giant conglomerate company. Like family. Richer than God. Richer than anyone can imagine. This feeds into my theory that the nicer the house, the worse the life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, we've this, seen that in other movies. Exactly. A big, beautiful house means just a home full of horrors. And I think that that, that is, a, they play with that a lot as sort of like, when you, in order to maintain a, a level of wealth that most of us cannot even imagine, what kind of person do you have to become and what kind yes. of things do you have to do? Yes. And that's sort of the the premise, which okay. you know from the trailer. I like that. So, um, so Grace is, you know, they've been dating, they've only been dating like 18 months, but they're in love and it's whatever. And Grace grew up in the foster care system, so she does not okay, really so have a family. Got it. So she, her motivation really early on is like, she really um, wants the family to like her. Right. You know, and I think the fear is that, she, that maybe they might think she's a gold digger because they're getting married really fast. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to prove to them 
you know, that I'm a good person and I love you and I want to be a part of the family. And Alex is like, well, they're all like bad people. And actually, once we get married, we're never going to talk to them again. So I'd be like, but what about my money? <laughs> but my money. What if you, don't, if you don't talk to them, can we still be rich? Well, the I guess the implication is yes, probably. Okay, great. But they do need to come back for the wedding. So they have the wedding at the house. And every, most people are like really weird and hostile to her. But the mother who, so the father's name is Tony. He's the um, Ladomus yes. heir. And he's married to Becky, played by Andy McDowell. Love an Andy McDowell appearance. So Becky has married into the family. And she kind of has like an aside, like a really warm motherly, like, they were the same way with me. You know, you look beautiful. It, you know what I mean? Okay, they so just, she's warm with her. Yes. Okay. And, and and because we've established, you know, up top, Grace doesn't have a family. She's being like, oh, well, <sighs> she likes me. Great. Mom. You know, and just wants to impress them and, and wants the, the, you know what I mean? All these things that are like so, established up top is very like warm and genuine. And that's unfortunately going to open her up to a lot of pain throughout this film. Well, of course. And um, so Becky's like, don't worry about it. So we got Tony and Becky are the mom and dad. And then Alex is marrying Grace today. And then we have the brother, Daniel, and he's married to Charity, who is the worst. Like, she's like a full gold digger. Okay. Bitch, fabulous, brown bob. And then um, they have a sister, Emily, who's a cokehead, and she's married to her fun. Um, husband, Fitch, who's kind of also, like, more like— Fitch? Uh, yeah. He, he's sort of like— um, uh, like, he's constantly on his phone, like, just, a, a, just on the toilet, you know. And they have two kids, <laughs> Georgie, um, Georgie and Gabe. Okay. And, um, but they, they don't make it in time for the wedding. They, they end up coming afterwards. Okay. So, um, there's also Aunt Helene, who is a really funny, wonderful character, because you see, all, like, they get married in the backyard, and it's gorgeous, and there's, everyone there is, like, rich yeah. and, like, family friends. And then Aunt Helene is wearing, like, dark purple, severe lipstick. It has a shock of bright white hair and is just glowering at the bride the entire time. Cool. So, like, a live ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and so Grace is like, uh, and is she Aunt Helene. A family, like, she's blood family, not marriage family? She is blood family. Okay. And um, you eventually find out that that groom that we see at the beginning, that was at her wedding. So 30 years ago, she, so she was, was the one. the bride. She was the bride. And that something happens where they had to play a game. And okay. her, her group did not survive. Okay. But given all that, she's still here, right? And she's glowering at the bride. Oof. And so they get married. Everything goes really well. And now it's like, it's about almost like midnight. They're, everyone's drunk and exhausted. So yeah, they go upstairs. And Grace is like, so we're going to fuck, right? I got to get out of this dress. You know what I mean? Just like happy to have it all done. Yeah. And Alex goes, I, you know, it's so funny. There's just this one tradition we have to do. It's just gonna, it's going to take like five minutes. We got to go downstairs and we have to play a game. And and she said like, well, what are we? it's like, oh, it's just a random game. And you don't have to win or anything. You just have to play and she said, "Great if that again if that makes your family like me, then I, I don't find." So by the end of a wedding, I'm always so drunk. Like games are just like not even on the table anymore. Right, but I think she's like, "All right, yeah, I'm loosey goosey." Right. right. So he goes down there, and you know she's freshening up, and he goes down, and his dad goes, "So did you tell her that what might potentially happen tonight?" And he said, "I've told her nothing." She will never find out because it's not going to happen, and then we will never speak to any of you again. That's it. So he's sort of setting up that. So he has not back, been to the family in two years. Okay. They, he literally just came back for the wedding. They do not have a relationship. Why he came back? Well, we're about to get into that. Okay. I know. I was going to say, like, if you don't like your family and you're wealthy. Exactly. So they all go downstairs and uh, they go to sort of the the games room, which is like a lot of hunting trophies and like guns, it's like the hunting room. And I hate so, a hunting trophy. 
And mean, and meanwhile, Emma, Emily and her family has arrived, and so all the the kids go to sleep, and um, they, we learn the mythology of the Ladois family. So their great great grandfather Victor, he used to be a merchant seaman. I don't know what that is, but it sounds very evocative, right? Yes. And it was a very hard life, and he was on on the sea, and he met a man named Mister LeBale. And during this journey, I'm assuming, you know, between Europe and America, they sort of, they would play games. They'd play card games. Sure. And I guess during that voyage, uh, Mr. LaBelle gave their great-grandfather, Victor, a puzzle box. And he said, if you're able to figure out this puzzle box and open it before we reach land, I will be a benefactor and I will will, um, fund any kind, anything you want. All and right. he is the reason they all rich because he's able. He, uh, Victor figured out the puzzle box. I see. However, the flip side of that is every time somebody new joins the family, they have to they they put a, a blank playing card in the box. The box turns, and whatever game comes out, they have to play it. Okay. So we, this is a rule from the man who gave him the box, Mr. LaBelle, Yes. Okay. And they refer to Mr. LaBelle constantly, which I think is like <laughs> great because I would not remember. No, I already like, oh, have Mr. forgotten. LaBelle, Mr. LaBelle, thanks to Mr. LaBelle. And so as a result, Victor became like wildly successful. He opened up a printing press for playing cards, but then ended up like they became science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they sort of you know they have a monopoly on <laughs> monopoly. <laughs> I don't think they own that, but you see all their games like yeah. around the house. And so we already know that this has happened in the past. And they people got regular games. Charity married Daniel at Adam Brody, and she they got chess. So everyone had to play chess. Fine. Okay. Um, Fitch married Emily, the sister, and they got old maid. No big so deal. So you just play the card game. And so we know because it's a horror movie, of course. But Grace doesn't know because she's a good person that there is what clearly one game that you don't want to get. Right. What it is? Well, unfortunately, she immediately gets it because she has to. She has to do it. <laughs> what does it say, girl? Oh, it says, it says hide and seek. Are we really going to play that? And everyone else around the table is just like ashen and looking like, oh, oh no. my God. Which is funny because like in real life, you'd be like, oh no, that's really bad, right? My imagination was that all of the games are terrible. You would think so. And that they just do that. Right. And that like the previous spouses had just sort of like won or, yes. or, or been okay with it. Yes. Um, no, it's just hide and seek. Okay. So, um... And the only other time I guess this has happened, like in recorded history, was, was Helene's hus- uh, groom Charles. Okay. So I think that's been enough time that they're like, okay, well, we're not going to get it. It's very rare. Yeah. Well, 30 years later, she picks hide and seek. Sure enough. So they all know what's about to happen. She doesn't. And Tony said, you know, you have to go hide and we have to come find you. And she said, well, how do I win? Or I can't win, yeah. really. It's like, we have to, I guess if you stay hidden until dawn, you would win. She's like, I'm not going to do that. It's like five that hours. That sounds terrible. Six hours from now. And he goes, okay, well, you know. And so she goes to hide in the house. And he goes back to the room, and everyone picks a weapon. Or he gives everyone a weapon from the wall. And they oh. have to use weapons. It's all about tradition. So, like, they use weapons that Victor owned. Okay. So, like, I don't know if this has been explained yet, but, like, do we know why this is, like, uh, a stipulation of his wealth being shared? Or is that something we're going to find out? We are going to find out. But okay. at this point, you know, like, they all believe if they don't do this, something will bad will happen to the family. Okay. Or the family is doomed. And okay. this is part of the agreement with Mr. LaBelle, but you don't really have the specifics of it yet. But you know that they believe okay. that they I have just want to know this. if those rules uh, are in place and eventually do get explained. Yes. Okay, great. I mean, in as much as every horror movie is explained. Well, sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, um, so the only people who seem distraught are Alex, the husband, obviously. Yeah. Who's like, he just assumed they'd get a regular game and it's like, oh my God, we're Fuck, actually going to yeah. do this. 
And then there's a question of, like, is this real, you know? And Daniel, the kind of fuck-up brother, he also clearly has, like, very torn about it, presumably because when he was a child, he he saw it happen. And he's also, like, why? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And even Becky, the mom, is, like— he she clearly feels bad, but it's like, well, I I we all whatever, we'll do it. Yeah. And so Whatever, um, we'll do it. We'll try and kill our son's wife. And so so they they all have weapons and they turn off the security cameras because they didn't have security cameras when Victor was around. So it's kinda of, and Helene is the one who's like constantly like it has to be traditional, we can't change things, you know, it has to be sure. like for reasons that we will get into. So Grace hides a dumb waiter for about 20 minutes, and she's like, I'm done. I, I'm yeah. tired. I got 20 go. minutes of sitting by yourself. I mean, in it kind of sounds In nice, a cramped but, little space. Right. So she's in the wall. In a dress. In, a, in, a, in an uncomfortable dress. Yeah, I would at least want to put sweatpants on, yeah. but again, it's less cinematic. And so they are stalking her throughout the house. And she doesn't know this, which seems unfair. It seems like you should so have she to comes tell out, them. She gets out of the dumb waiter <clears throat> and is walking around. Yeah, she's kind of walking around like... Are we Where still playing? <laughs> but she thinks of it like, oh, so then she hears like a, one of the maids. There's three maids. Okay. Three sexy maids. And she hears one of them walking. And so she kind of like ducks around because she doesn't want to be found out. And a hand wraps around her f- face and pulls her into the bedroom. Okay. And it's Alex. And Alex is like, hey, I got some bad news. <laughs> um, so... I'm really sorry. My whole family is trying to shoot you. They believe if they do not kill me before dawn that the family is doomed. And um, I did know about this, that it was possible, but I didn't think it would happen. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then they hear somebody walk in, and they grab, he grabs her, and they kind of hide behind a bed. And okay. it's one of the, uh, it's the maid, Clara. Okay. Because she's, one of the little boys has gotten out of bed. Okay. So now there's a child. Great. Wandering around this mansion while people are trying to murder somebody. Um, and so Clara's with like. Yeah. With Yeah, with, with all sorts of Muskets weapons. Muskets and. And Claire's looking for him, turns around, tear, Claire's head gets blown off. And Emily, the sister, runs in be like, I got her! Oh, it's one of the maids. Ugh. And everyone runs in, they're like, Emily, you dumb bitch. Does she look like she has a wedding dress, which is else in the yeah. trailer? And yes. so so now that Grace has seen it, I she knows— that kind of comedy. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of that stuff. It's a lot of like, ugh, guys. <laughs> yeah, and so Emily's super coked up because clearly she had to get coked up in order to do this. Right. So she's really freaking yeah, out. Running on her, yeah. So they take the maid's body and they move it because they're thinking, well, if Grace sees the body, she's going to immediately know. On the other hand, Grace would have heard the gunshot. Also, like, if I were in Grace's shoes, the first thought in my mind if I saw a dead maid would not be like, oh, they're trying to kill me. Well, I think it would be like she would call the cops or something or, you know, she'd find her cell phone. So, um, but Grace also overhears them saying, well, we don't, you can't kill her. If you shoot her, she has to be alive for the ritual. So the idea is not that they're going to just kill her, (sighs) it's that they're going to kill her, wound her to catch her. And then kill her in a more ritualistic fashion. Great. Great. Um, while she's alive, which you don't like to hear. So Alex uh, kind of gets her into a um, hidden passageway. So he's yes. taking her downstairs and he's like, go to the end of the hallway. And the doors are all locked through our security system. Go to the um, like the servant's kitchen. Right. Um, and then I'm going to lock it from the security thing. You'll hear the door unlock and just run and just go. And I'm, and they have a, basically a moment where she's like, why would you not tell me this? And he says, you know, you wouldn't have married me. But also, if I hadn't married you, you would have left me. And it's like, fuck you. you yeah. Like, then you should fuck be you. single, you bitch. Yeah. Then you can't, then you don't get to be or, with someone. Just also, this is the solution. Date somebody who doesn't want to get married. Find a woman who's like, I, I don't right. want to be married. Let's live together in domestic partnership forever. Right, but I'm assuming, uh, presumably Mr. LaBelle has some... I'm sure there's some, like, you need to get married. And so, but what kind of comes out is, like, I he came back because on some level he does believe this. Yes. 
Because otherwise, if you didn't he believe it. Exactly. You would just be like, we eloped. And he's saying, it's like, well, my great uncle did, didn't do it, and my cousin didn't do it, and both of them died. And she's like, isn't it possible that they just separately died, and yes. now you guys are making this connection? And Alice is like, well, I suppose. Well, we'll just deal with this now, and then we'll never speak to my family again. Oh, great. Yeah. That's easy. And it was just like one of the ways he's talking about, like, you know, love is selfish, love is kind. Oh love is not tricking your wife into doing Maybe this Maybe getting weird. murdered. And so we find out later that Daniel told his wife about this beforehand, and she is such a gold digger in this fabulous way that she's like, great, all right, uh, I'll put my running shoes on. Like, she was, she's okay with it. So the other spouses who have married in know this is a possibility and are so desperate to be this wealthy yes, that they that are willing to do it. They're willing to risk their own lives and right. then to possibly take someone else's. Yeah, so it's both the motivation of people actually thinking maybe something bad will happen and also— it is just so good to be this to, yeah. to be this rich. Right. It's worth that risk if it means like you get to live in lavish yeah. uh, mansions and not worry about money for the rest of your life. Exactly. So, um, so Grace is running down the hall. At the end of the hall, there's two doors. Which one's the oh, kitchen? God. She opens the wrong one. Steps out right in front of Tony, Daniel, and um, Emily. Yeah. They all start like firing on her and like trying yeah. to hunt her down. Luckily, uh, what's, the only thing that saves Grace throughout this whole movie is that they're not good. It's not like they're assassins. They're just regular rich people. They don't know what right. they're doing. Right, yeah. Like, given a shotgun, I don't think I could hit something one foot in front of me. Right, exactly. And um, Let alone, like, in a panic when you see somebody quickly or something like that. It's not, yeah. you know, you're not hunters. So they're hunting all around, and she ends up running into, like, a, the billiards room, and Daniel's there. And they have this moment where she's like, please don't do this, please. I'm really sorry about all this. It's true what they say, the rich really are different. I'll give you a 10-second head start. And he, He's a real tattletale. Right. And we sort of know that he's the only one that has any sort of, like, sympathy. And it's like, this is wrong. Like, what we're doing is wrong. That being said, <laughs> I am a coward, so I will right. call my family. And a slave to the concept of wealth. So she runs she runs off into the house and he goes like, Oh, she's in here. And by the time everyone gets there, she's gone. And they have a little moment of like, well, we're fuck ups. And Emily loses her gun. <laughs> and so Fitch has a crossbow. And he you see him Googling how to use a crossbow and watch right. YouTube. He doesn't know. Yeah. And so he gives her the crossbow, you know, and says, Well, well you could use mine. And then another maid comes in, Tina, and it's like, I just saw her running. Emily accidentally fires and shoots Tina through the mouth. Cool. Killing her. And Aunt Helene then also goes like, nuts. Shoot somebody in the mouth with a crossbow by accident is like a perfect, like, I mean, I feel like you would not hit somebody if you accidentally fired it off. No, and that's why Emily just has bad luck. Yeah, and she coke, really does. And coke energy. Yeah. So I think this <laughs> is part of energy it. is... And Helene's like, oh, and then they say at this point, like, we just need to turn the security cameras on. Yeah. It's not going to make a big deal. And Aunt Helene's like, we have to do it traditionally. Fuck this. You killed my husband without security cameras. Right. And and she's sort of, she's at the point where she's like, that was the right thing to do. It is good that my husband was killed 30 years ago because wow. the family's more important. And I realize that now. At the time, I was very distraught. I should have killed him myself. Wow. She says at a certain so point. So she is yeah. drinking the Kool-Aid. So they kind of argue about that. And Tony's like, fuck this. We're turning on the security cameras. Meanwhile, Grace realizes that all the doors are locked. So what does Grace have to do? She goes into the game room and she gets a gun herself. I mean, that's what you have. That's what you would have to do. Exactly. And because I would say, what would you do? That's what else could you? Yeah, do? I would definitely like look for at least some kind of weapons to like fight back. Because if everybody's armed except for you, right? That's not fair. I feel like I at least get be a dead. gun. Yeah, I would definitely also already be dead. I'm not sneaky. I'm uh, very loud. I'm very loud. I stomp around with like a heavy like plodding like step. 
Um, yeah. And so, okay. So finally, um, Alex gets to the security room. Grace gets down to the servant's kitchen. Great. He can't figure it out. The doors won't unlock. And t- Tony and Daniel eventually confront him in there. Yeah. And they sort of have a fight. Grace, meanwhile, is waiting for the doors to unlock. And um, their servant, Stevens, who's like the butler, yeah. you know, major domo type of person, he goes in to make tea. So he's boiling tea, whistling to himself, and she's hiding with the gun on the other side of the kitchen island. Gorgeous kitchen. Ugh, I mean. <laughs> so finally, and she has like a bandolier that she took off the wall. And finally, she's like, I just got to do this. And she stands up and like puts the gun on him to be like, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. And we hear the doors unlock, but he's between her and the doors. And she goes to fire, and it it doesn't fire. And he says, the ammunition is for display only. That's not a real, you can't really use that. No. But luckily, what's not for display only is the hot teapot, which she just smashes across his face. Jesus. And burns his face up. But as a result, she can't, she can't get out. She runs down. Right. She can't get out that way. And, um, you know, at this point, Alex, he, he smashes up the security camera, so the doors are still locked, but they can't use the cameras to spy on her. And so as a result, they handcuff him in an upstairs bedroom to be like, we're taking you out. You're not going to help her anymore. Okay. And so he has, like, a lot of, like, this come family. to Jesus moments with, like, his mother. Yes. And that kind of thing, just like, what are we doing? But he is basically, he's out of commission for most of the movie. He can't get out. He's either unconscious because right. they knocked him unconscious, or he's just chained Hand- up. Yeah. <clears throat> At this point, which is kind of earlier than what I would have thought, Grace is able to get out of a window. So she's like on the roof of the first floor balcony. Okay. She jumps and she's able to, she, now she's out on the grounds. Um, Which feels both better and worse. Exactly, because she's kind of exposed. And yeah. she sees somebody walking around with a flashlight in the dark, so she runs into the goat, uh, there's a little goat barn. Of course there's a goat barn. Why does a family need so many goats, would you guess, Allison? I, what do they do with them, uh, based on what we know? I mean, probably slaughter them in a ritualistic way. They sacrifice way. them big time all I the wanna time. I want to be like, cheese? <laughs> I mean— I love a goat cheese. That would be like, funny if, a, like, that was their, how they made their money. <laughs> they're like, actually, we're goat cheese magnates. <laughs> um, so they go in there, and she's, you know, kind of hiding for whoever has this flashlight. Meanwhile, we see Fitch is on the, on the toilet. He's Googling— Packs with the devil, real or no? Like, he's trying to Google okay. whether this is real, you know? And um, she's there, and she she's hiding, and finally the person with the flashlight finds her, and it's Georgie, the little boy. Okay. And she's like, I'm oh, sorry. That I know this is scary. I, I know, I, you know, like, please don't tell anyone. And he, he has a gun. He shoots her in the hand. So now her hand is a gaping hole in it. Oh she punches him out, and he's, like, knocked out in the goat pen. Yeah. But in doing so, in the she falls backwards into this pit. And at the bottom of the pit is a bunch of dead goats. Of course. Charles's dead corpse from, like, 30 years ago. And a bunch of other, like, the maid's bodies, all it's this still stuff. still there. Here's the thing. I grew up in a rural area. Yeah. You would not put a pit full of dead animals inside a barn with living animals. No. The stench, the stench alone no. would be or disgusting. Like near your house. You would at least it would put be it like in the woods. Way on the other side of the property. Yeah, and so it's like, I understand, again, cinematically, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, you need it. And so she falls, and she's writhing around in all these maggots and, like, dead bodies, Ugh. like, ah, still in her wedding dress. Oh, my God. You know, she's gone from bad to worse. This is know? really a case against uh, getting married or having a, wet, having a wedding. And um, so she has to cr- crawl out of this rickety wooden ladder, and the ladder breaks. And she's holding it with one hand. The only way she can pull herself <gasps> up is she has to put her gunshot hold hand on a oh. nail to give herself the leverage. So we see her put her hand on a nail. Through She's a nail. screaming. Oh, my God. To haul herself up, but she does it. Good for her. 
And I'm rooting for her. Yes. And and that's sort of like she she was so quick to trust and so quick to want these people's approval that now she has to be cosmically punished for for like an hour. Yes. Where like everything happens like, oh, you thought you were okay? No, you're gonna get shot in the hand. You have to put your hands in a nail, you're gonna fall on a bunch of dead goats. And it's like, Ugh. girl, she she's done nothing wrong. No, she just wants to be liked. I mean, we all do. I, I don't do. want to have to ride around a bunch of dead goats because of it. Yeah, I'm good on maggots. I don't need those in my life. So she's running to the fence, and she's able to get through the fence, but she has to crawl through this broken part, and the broken metal rips Ugh. into her skin, and you see it ripping. I'm, like, feeling it. But she's so determined. She's like, fuck it. I, I gotta have to get, get out, out of here. here. So she gets out, and luckily there's, like, a sports car going down the road, and she runs to go stop, and they're like, get out of the road, bitch, and drive away. <laughs> She goes, also, like, I'm rich not, people. I'm not stopping for, like, a woman in, like, a fucked-up wedding dress covered in blood. Okay, but I at least call the cops and be like, hey. Yes. Maybe I'd go park down the road. Yeah, I would definitely call somebody, uh, but I wouldn't stop for it. That's, so cool. That's an interesting question. Would you? I wouldn't, but I would realize that that makes me a bad person. Yeah, no, no, no. I fully recognize that, like, that. But, like, to me, I'm like, that's a ghost. Or someone who's going to murder me. Or, like, a murderer is going to follow us now. So so she's out on the road. Great. However, Stevens, the butler, is essentially going chasing her down with a car. So okay. she's trying to follow the road. They He realizes this. So the butler this. and the maids are, like, in on the, helping? Two of the maids are dead. Well, yeah, but, like, at the, they were— They're completely on board. They know about it. Yes. Or maybe not completely on board. Or maybe they didn't know part- about it. They didn't know about it, but they are on board. Okay, well, that's— Way weirder. And Stevens is both, I'm presuming. Yes. So he's chasing her down in the car, but she's out. And so the family is back home, back in the house, freaking out. And the dad Tony's like, you don't understand. If if she escapes, we are all gonna die. And Daniel is basically like, is that true though? Right. And Tony's like, well, what about the Van Horns? Their house burned down. And Daniel keeps saying, like, well, maybe that was just, or Fitch says, wasn't that just a house fire? And they have a lot of questions about, like, is this actually real? Yeah, what's connected and what's not. Yeah, because I guess to recent memory, this has only been pulled once before, and they successfully killed the groom, Charles. So if that's true, they've never had a scenario where somebody escaped, so they don't know. So they kind of have this, you know, again, Daniel is the only one who's like, oh, no, maybe this isn't real. Maybe this is, or even if it is real, like, maybe— you know, Ugh, and so he, right. uh, Tony sends uh, Daniel and Emily. He's like, you guys are the fuck-ups. Go right. take the um, maid's bodies and throw them in the goat pit. So they go out there, and Daniel's like, I think maybe we're, we all deserve to die. Like, we're evil. This is bad. And the sister's like, my children don't deserve to die. And he's like, well, that's fair. Yeah. But then we look, and she finds Georgie, you know, after Grace punched him out. And she's like, what are you doing out here? He's like, oh, I shot that lady. And she says, I'm so proud of you. Oh, And Daniel's no. like, oh, right, That's... we're just passing it on to another generation. Yes. Like, they're going to have to do it, too. It's never going to end. You know, Daniel's it's, like, yeah. Yeah. Why, who have we become? Meanwhile, Stephen successfully tracks down Grace. But Grace, because she's, like, out to survive, yeah. is able to get out of his grasp and then takes off her sash from her dress yeah. and strangles Strings. him until he's unconscious. He's still alive, but he passes out. She steals the car. I mean, good on her. So she's she speeding seems away. Like the smartest, uh, like, protagonist in a horror film exactly. I've heard of in she's, a long time. She's thinking, and I'm sort of like, don't fuck with somebody who's raided the foster care systems. They have skills that you have, have never had to acquire. Yes. yes. Unfortunately, because it has, like, OnStar or LoJack or one of those things, they are able to call some rich person's car service. It is shut off remotely. Oh, great. So now she's sitting in a car. That won't run. Yeah. But luckily, she's able to use them to call the cops to the— But okay. you just don't know how long it's going to take. Right. And so the cops are coming 
as far as you know. Unfortunately, Stevens catches up with her and shoots her with a trank, tranquilizer. Oh, my so now God. Stevens is driving back to the house with her passed out of the car. Right. To presumably be sacrificed in a ritual. Right. But we also think the cops are on their way, too. Oh. Yes. Okay. Allison, we've arrived at the point where I got to ask you. All right. Who do you think will survive? I mean, Grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brothers, her husband and his brother. Okay. Daniel and Alex. Okay. I think Emily, uh, she's got to come down at some point, so she's probably dead. I think Helene survives. Okay. She feels like a, like a <clears throat> longstanding a character that needs to be there at the end. Yep. And I think everybody else maybe dies just by, like, misadventure. Yeah. Okay, great. And then what do you think the twist is? So we've, basically the main question that we've been introducing is, is this real? Is this real? The question is, Allison, is it real? I think it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I need to live in a world where this isn't real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I can't figure out, like, what uh, LaVale? Is that his name? Mr. LaVale. Mr. LaVale. Uh... What his what this these rules are like? What they're for? Right. Like why? Why? Well, I, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily need an answer. If I mean, you're telling me that there's not like a very explicit answer for like what the hell is going on, I'm gonna be very upset. <clears throat> okay. Well, moving on. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A. A special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Grace wakes up in the car and is able to get her legs free and kicks Stevens in the head so hard he veers off and the car flips over and, would you see in the trailer, and yeah. flies in the woods. She's She's been through it. Stevens is, you know, out of commission. Yeah. She's able to crawl out. Unfortunately, waiting there is Daniel. 
And she's like, Daniel, you of all people, I know you don't want to do this. Yeah. Please, I'm begging you, let me go. And he said, the thing is, Alex is the one who left. I'm the one who stayed. I'm I'm the coward. The, the person you Alex think I am. Alex is the one who left. He would mean? mean like her husband. He left. He hasn't talked to the family. He's like, I'm still in the family. I'm not a good person. I, I knew that this could happen. Okay. So when you say this about me, I got bad news. I'm really sorry. And he does feel apologetic. But he's like, I think th- I can't. I can't go against the family. Right. So he knocks her out, and then Tony, the dad's there, and they take um, her back. Okay. And meanwhile, we see the mom, Becky, go talk to Alex, and it's like, hey, man, this has been real rough. I know it's hard. Yeah. Like, no, your wife's going to be murdered. You know, I know that's tough. Yeah. And Alex says, you know, if she dies, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill the family. And and then— He's ready to put a stop to this whole— And Becky's like, well, then I guess I'm dead either way. And Alex's thing is like, we don't know that this is real. Right. So it's I not will, like, you right. know. If you kill her, I'll definitely kill you. If right. she survives, we might not die. Right. Or if you might die either way, but guess what? You know, dying either way. Right. And Becky's like, I think you have to consider the fact that I'm your mother and we know you better than her. And you think that you're someone who's not a part of this. You are a part of it. And if you really allowed yourself to be honest about who you are. Yeah. You would see that not only did you belong to the family, but you, Aunt Helena said earlier, you should be leading the family. Like, you are the, the son who the should patriarch. come back and yeah. be, the, be the new patriarch after Tony. And uh, Alex is like, nah, fuck you. And, but they leave him there. He's chained. And so basically, he's trying to, like, get at, he's uh, handcuffed to, like, a four-poster bed. Yeah. So he's trying to it was essentially saw through the post sure. to get out. But he, you know, is still out of it. And so finally— they bring. She wakes up. Grace wakes up. She is strapped to a pentagram table. Jesus Christ! Of with course, a, a pentagram. with a gag in her mouth, and everyone is wearing dark robes. And it's a black mask. It's a. It looks like a very traditional satanic mask. Yes. And so they're drinking out of. They all drink out of a chalice, and they're wearing hood, and they're chanting in Latin. And Ugh, Tony why? has How? to go um, sacrifice her. The father. The father. Okay. And so just as he's about to do it, you realize. Somebody has poisoned the wine, and everybody starts throwing up. Allison, who has poisoned the wine? I think uh, the brother. Daniel. Daniel. Yep, it's Daniel coming through in a pitch, finally. Finally. I mean, and he doesn't poison them enough the wrong, to yeah. kill them. But just enough to, like, delay this. Yeah. So he gets her out. Oh, also, I forgot to say, the third maid is accidentally crushed to the dumbwaiter. It has nothing to do with anything, but, <laughs> but it's, it's a funny just, scene. like, a funny death. And so he gets her out, and he's like— you know, this has to end somehow. So yeah. if we all die, then maybe that's, we deserve maybe to. Maybe we have to, because we can't keep killing innocent people like this. Exactly. So he is shot in the throat and killed <gasps> by his own wife, Charity. Because Charity's like, you don't care if I die. You are willing to choose her over me. I see. And he's like, I guess I am, in as much as that choosing you means I am choosing our A lifetime devil. of evil. Yeah. yeah. So Daniel is killed, and but die, and Grace escapes, and Alex finds his dying brother, and is like, oh my God, what, what what have we become? Right. So Grace is, you know, essentially trying to get out of the house. Tony accosts her, is like, you are nothing. You are a sacrifice. Like, my family is more important than you. She hits him in the head with an oil lamp and Perfect. it breaks, and then a fire. So there's a conflagration in one of the many rooms. I love that. <clears throat> I love a giant flaming. Exactly. Sentence. Becky tries to shoot with a crossbow, and she ends up fighting Becky, the mom, Anna McDowell. And, um, she ends up using Mr. LaBelle's puzzle box to smash Becky's head in. So she's killed the mom. Okay. So Daniel and the mom are not dead. Okay. However, everyone else has her cornered. And Alex sort of comes to her and is like, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he touches her and she kind of like 
flinches back. back. Yeah. And Alex realizes, wait a minute, if you live, you aren't going to want to be with me anymore. It's like, no yeah, shit. No Are you shit. serious? From the first second of this movie, it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm out. You brought her back to die, potentially die, even yes. if you didn't really think there was always a 1% chance. Yeah. Of course she wasn't going to want to be with, no. the, be with you if How this happened. How would you ever trust someone again? Also that he didn't tell her any of this was like even possible. Feels like even more of a trap. Marriage, as far as I know, again, we're not, neither of us married, is about communication. I and think if you're so. not communicating these important things, well, then your marriage will not right. survive. Like life or death games and ritualistic, uh, you know, sacrifices. So then and there, Alex decides that he is going to take his rightful place as heir and he's going to kill her himself. Oh, no. So he flips and now he's with the family. <gasps> so they're able to get her pinned down. And so he has the knife. And finally, they say the thing that you know they've been dying to say the whole time, which yeah. is, hail Satan. Yes, of course. So essentially what we're to understand is Mr. LaBelle is the devil or some kind of demon. Okay. And has made a devil's wager with their grand great-grandfather where occasionally— through a game of chance, he, they will have to make a human sacrifice to him. In order to keep their wealth. Yeah. And H- Aunt Helene always thought Alex should be the one who takes over the family because he's the only one who's ever seen Mr. LaBelle appear in his chair. Because apparently, like, when this happens, he will okay. appear to somebody. Okay. And he saw he saw Mr. LaBelle when he was, like, five, when he was okay. a child, the first With time the they first. did this. Okay. And so, he, and, and so Aunt Helene is like, I told you, like, he's the one, Daniel, uh, it sucks, but he, he was never going to be right. strong enough to take on... Right. The mantle from Tony. So they're all yelling, hell, Satan. Also, it's like, um, it's, it's right about dark. We're, so they are say, we got to be closing in on daylight. And at the last second, um, Grace is able to get out of their grasp and grab the knife. Because she's a machine. And is screaming and covered in blood. And is basically like, has them at knife point. And then it's too late. It's dawn. And Antoline throws back the shade. And they all scream and cower like oh my God. vampires. <laughs> like vampires. And then they no. all go, um... Oh, you know, nothing seems to be happening. <laughs> oh, boy. Boy, this is awkward. And uh, and Annalise's like, well, she still knows about what we did, so she's going to go to the cops. We have to kill her anyway. Yeah, that is kind of like, what? yeah. Yeah, there's no getting out of Supernatural or not, like, there's a lot of uh, legal ramifications that are now surfacing. Multiple, many people have died during the night. It's extremely litigious. Annalise picks up her, she has, she's had, literally has a battle axe, which is like, she's a battle axe. And goes to swing it at Grace. Aunt Helene explodes. Okay. One by one, the entire family explodes. I think you were right. Mr. LaBelle, I take it, I take it back. I want to go home. It's real? It's real. What? And because they did not do it, they are torn apart from the inside. Including, you don't see it, the two children. Oh, my so God. The, well, that child shot her. So, like, I'm kind of not I know, but the younger sad. one, the, the younger, younger one, one was not involved. So they are all exploding until the, la- and and Grace is laughing maniacally. Like, she's been driven insane by this experience. Well, this is this is one of those where I'm like, if she was crazy for the rest of her life, right? I would understand that. And so Grace takes off her ring, and Alex is the last one, person alive, and says, I want a divorce, and throws it at him, and he explodes. And then she turns and she sees Mr. LaBelle in his chair, which sort of confirms to us, like, the devil, the is, devil real. is real. They did have a devil's bargain and because they violated it. And Mr. LaBelle kind of nods at her, which I thought was funny. <laughs> okay. And I think she says something like, fuck, or whatever. Yeah. And then finally the last shot is her going out to have a cigarette and sitting on the back porch and the cops finally arriving and the firefighters are there. And the cop says, like, what happened to you? And she goes, in-laws, that's the end. No, it ends on a joke. 
Yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, all right. I think it's fun. Also, like, how, like, when the, like, if you're her and the cops show up, like, one, like, what are they finding? Two, like, how are you explaining what has happened? Everyone inside has exploded. Like, there are multiple dead bodies in the goat pit. Like, you're the only one left alive? Like, I somehow you become suspicious, it feels oh, like. Oh, absolutely. I feel like a lot of horror movies, that's the issue. Is like, yeah, you survived, but how are you going to explain this? How are you going to explain, like, oh, the devil killed this family? Because they made a pact to ensure generational wealth? And then my only question about it is, like, when she sees Mr. Bale, Bale, I thought, like, does that mean that she is, because she's now married to the heir, does that mean that she now takes on? That was what I thought it would be, like, that, like, twist ending where it's like, all right, like, time to take over this home and this money and be the next, right. uh, you know, person who leads this. But I guess people to think because she said, I want a divorce, like, she's basically like, I am not a part of the family, and that's enough to be like, yeah, bye, bye, Goodbye. you know. Um, so, what are some fatal mistakes that the cast of characters made during the movie, would you say? Fatal mistakes. I mean, don't marry ultra-wealthy people. They are all terrible. But they have so much money. I know, and I love money. Right, this is a problem that you're going to have to deal with if you marry super rich. I know. I guess I have to be really worried if I meet a super rich guy that <laughs> I might get murdered in a ritualistic sacrifice. Um, I'm going to say don't make a deal with the devil. Yeah, that'd he's be always real... He's too tricky. He's, he's going to trick you. Um, also, like, he should have told her. Yeah. I think that that would have been, like, a big um, important step. for Like, if he Absolutely. had told her, they could have been like, okay, well, maybe we'd, you know. And then, yeah, of course, make some sort of plan yeah. or, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, I feel like they should have been uh, better at using the weapons. They should have If been you training. know that this is, yes. like, what the stakes are, and, like, even if you know, like, the odds are super low that in your lifetime this will have to happen. Yeah. But if it does and your and your entire family's life is resting on you being able to use a shotgun or a crossbow, I would know how to fucking use a shotgun Especially or a crossbow. Especially if they're a kid, be like, oh, yeah, like, my dad took us hunting. We had to learn how to use right. the, That, at least to me, is, like— a way to, to set them up for success. I don't want to be, like, all coked up looking at a YouTube video of, like, how to load a crossbow. Exactly. You know? Um, so my question is watching this, okay, so what game would you want to play, uh, you know, instead of hide-and-seek? What would be your hide-and-seek? And then what game would you say, absolutely, I just couldn't? You mean if, this, if the stakes are still that uh, it's murder? Um, yeah, so if you, if you had to pull out of the puzzle box, what game would you want to get? Scrabble. I'm saying Uno. I feel like I'm great at Udo. Yeah, but also it's still like a little bit more of a chance game. So you're saying you think you're so good at Scrabble that you could beat this entire family and get out of there alive? I think so. It's the only game the, that I, I love this confidence. It's the only game that I I play it all the time. Okay, um, I didn't a, know that. That really colors my opinion of you. My friend and I used to play it every Friday for like four years. <laughs> I would go over to her house and we would get super drunk and play Scrabble. Okay, then you have been preparing us if this was a horror movie. I honestly. It's, I've been acting my whole life like uh, Scrabble will be a life or death situation for me at some point. And then what game would you definitely be like, I can't... I'm going to say Cards Against Humanity, first oh, of all. Oh, well, just like from a... Yeah, no. I just could I'm also really bad at it. I can't guess what other people think is funny. No, or interesting. I have... Well, because like we are warped nightmare people who are function like yeah. comedians and not regular people. I also hate that game because it's just a way for unfunny people to try and be funny. A part of me is still, I understand that complaint. 
I kind of like it, but only because I hate most games. So yeah. I'm like, well, at least you have to get to read words or whatever. Because yeah. the other game I wouldn't want to do is Monopoly just because I find it so oh, boring. I'd Monopoly, be like, just kill me. I'd fall asleep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I'm going to put Monopoly in there as mine. Um, and I, mean, I just have a few, couple, uh, sure. one or two, would you rather. Oh, all right. Let's play Hit a me. game. Oh, no. Hallie, are you going to kill me? <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Why didn't you answer that? <laughs> would you rather be married to a hot, rich guy whose family's trying to kill you or be someone who really wants to get married but whose partner is against it? So then you have to pretend like you also think that marriage is outdated and irrelevant. Like, yeah, I didn't want to get married too. Which one would be worse? Mm, I think, I don't know. It's a tough one because, like, I would like to be really rich, but I'm not sure that I could escape a family of murderers. Whereas, you know, I could live unhappily for most of my life if I need to. I feel the same way. Yeah. I don't mind being unhappy. I'm unhappy all the time. I've been unhappy for most of my life. Why would I, like, try and change that now? The the pressure to be happy, uh, I'm good. It's too much. It's too much. That's your business. Also, he might be, like, you know, a nice upper middle class. Like, it's like, you know, I'm not going to be destitute in that scenario. Maybe the moral of this is there are plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah. So maybe you just got to look for the right one. Wait for someone who's not from a a family that made a deal with the devil. And if you did make a deal with the devil, marry a bitch like Charity or Fitch that are willing to be like, yeah, I'm so unscrupulous and monstrous. I'll take this on. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. We've come to the end. On a spooky scale of one to ten screams, where are we landing on this? This feels like a four for me. A four. Adding comedy always kind of, like, takes me out of the scariness. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but also it feels like a very gory uh, romp. Yes, it Um, is a gory romp, the two most perfect words to describe it. Perfect. Um, You know, just the hand going through the knit. Like, there's definitely some, like, visual stuff. Uh, But then sometimes when something ends up being, like, they made a deal with the devil. Like, I'm a little like, eh, it's not like a real thing. So right. it's not as scary as like, you know, just a murderer or something. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Like, you've taken this for, like, people exploding. I'm like, I don't know, you know. Yeah, they, it would be a totally different movie experience if it turned out at the end it wasn't real. But yes. that also would have been great. I it would have been an interesting, yeah. equally good either way. Both good endings, really. Um, and I would say, now again, the spooky scale is simply judging how spooky something is, not whether it's good. Yeah. I thought I thought this was an eight or a nine in terms of a movie oh, experience. Really? In terms of spooky, uh, one? Oh, it's I not spooky. Oh, I thought you were saying it was an eight or a nine. Oh, spooky. no, no, no. I, I, mean, I loved it as a movie. I think it's super fun. I would absolutely watch it again. It's not spooky because of, you're right, it's comedic yeah. elements. It's more of a thriller, fun comedy, a dark yeah. comedy. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, it sounds fun. Guys, thank you so much for letting us ruin this for you. I hope that this helped you avoid watching something you didn't want to watch. <laughs> and just remember, don't marry rich. <laughs> yeah. Unless you can, unless you get the opportunity, then absolutely do And then do you it. definitely should and take all of the risks and uh, negatives that come along with it. And invite us to go on your yacht. And please, can we come to your wedding? <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, keep it spooky. No! Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today.